Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. Um, what are the odds that you're here this morning? I mean, seriously. This, this whole Simply Free Church and started this thing and, and we let kids run around, we got a dog... You know, what are the odds that you would come here to listen to somebody like me? Well, I tried to figure it out. There's 15,000 people in uh, Carroll County, roughly. Let's say half of them go to church. There's probably about 35 churches in the county. So, you know, you start breaking this down, right? So actually it comes down to 35 to 1 or 1 to 35 that you would come to this church figures out to be about 0.20 chance that you would come here. Those aren't very good odds, but the place is full. Would you have bet on that? No, we, we got some gamblers here, don't we? We got gamblers, right? You go by odds, right? What are the odds uh, that I like pizza? Pretty good, right? And that is because you see evidence. What are are the odds that I don't like celery? What what are the odds I have a razor? Right? We can beat the odds sometimes, but we, we take the risk based on the evidence that we see and how much are you going to risk for something good? How much are you going to risk where the odds aren't very good. That's what I want to talk to you about today. If you weren't here last week, I might lose you as we get deeper into this. But the the odds that you're a Christian and you're here this morning to listen to a guy like me are pretty slim. And I want you to think about what happened to make you come to a place like this. Either somebody invited you or... We don't care. Let her run. Either somebody invited you or you saw something on Facebook or something like that, right? You, you just wouldn't just say, hey, let's try that place. It's a, it's a pole building. What are the odds that you would go to church in a pole building? Not very good. I want you to think about some of the friendships that are in this building. There are people in here 20 years ago, I would have thought I will never be in their presence. They're either too good for me or I don't like them. You know how you go back? I like all you guys. But there's there's a certain amount of risk to everything we do. And I want to talk to you about the risk that you'll take for Jesus. And this is something that everybody can understand. It's so simple, right? Um, If we would open our mouth and speak the name of Jesus, you're taking a risk. I've lost a lot of friends, but I've gained a few too. Risk and reward, right? Want to play guitar? You do. You know, I knew that the odds of that were pretty good. It wasn't risky at all to say that because you just look like you're ready to play a guitar. You want to play one? Uh, Go talk to Abby. (laughs) 
What was the risk of us having a Halloween event? A lot of you have grown up in churches before, right? We don't, Christians don't do Halloween. This is just anti-social stuff. So we threw this big Halloween bash, and this was a risk. And, of course, the people that were offended by it were already Christians. I'm not trying to reach them. I'm trying to reach the people that aren't Christians. Now, you're a Christian in here. I love you, too. But we're really trying to seek the lost, right? Is that not what the purpose of the church is? We get together once a week. We encourage one another. We give everybody hugs and everything. This is just kind of refueling us to go back out there to reach the lost. What was the risk of having a Halloween event here? To Christians, it was probably the stupidest thing they'd ever seen before. Because we don't do that, right? And to people like us, it was one of the best things we could have done. There were people that came in here that would have never stepped foot in a church of... uh, Let me make sure I'm not going to... Right? Old gray-haired ladies or something that are going to get mad if you sit in their seat. Sometimes you have to take a risk to get the reward. What kind of risk are you taking? The stakes are high, you guys. Think about somebody that you know that needs to know Jesus or to follow Jesus. Oh, here comes another one. (laughs) We got a band. (laughs) What what are you going to risk by telling somebody even about your faith? Even that you would um, go to church. You're going to take this risk by opening your mouth and say, I went to church this morning. You're going to take a risk that somebody's going to think you're a nut job, that you're going to lose a friend, all kinds of things. And this is what stops us. It's actually the enemy that puts this in our minds that this is not going to be a good thing for you. But the reward is unbelievable. The risks are high. The odds are not good. But don't you ever, I don't know how many of you are gamblers, you go for the long shot. This is where you get the best reward. You know, a, a horse that, oh, I shouldn't have said a horse. Now you all know I go to the track, right? <laughs> you know, gambling's not a sin. What's a sin is, is trying to get rich quick, and that's what most people do when they gamble. But we gamble every day. When you step out of your bed, you could fall. When you get in your car, you could have an accident. And you'll risk all kinds of things like that. Right? You don't even think about them. This is minimal. But you won't open your mouth to speak about our Lord and Savior. Why is that? What's the problem? Is the reward not great enough for you? You actually think you're getting eternal life, right? So this risk and reward goes back and forth. Okay, I'll risk just a little bit, but I want all the blessings of God. I I might say, yeah, I went to church this morning just to see how somebody would react to it. But then you ask him for all the blessings. So if you're going to only risk a little, don't you assume your reward's only going to be a little? If you risk a lot, you might get a better reward. This is, this is gambling. I'm sorry if that's the wrong word to use, but I hope, hope you understand. We try to teach simplicity here. What are you willing to risk to give somebody else eternal life? And here I go again. You're standing at the gates of heaven, and somebody is outside the gate 
somebody you knew, a friend of yours, maybe even a family member, and they're being turned away. Jesus is saying, I never knew you. And they look at you and say, did you hate me that much to not tell me? What is the problem with this risk and reward? You will risk all kinds of things. And Now, see, I have to keep using myself or somebody will get offended. I've lost more people by giving examples. I would have risked almost anything to get my wife. Everybody knows about love, right? You will risk great things. Remember how hard it was that first time to, you know, somebody's got to say, I love you first. Oh, and this is risky. Because if they don't say it back, you might as well go home. (laughs) Truth? Somebody's got to start this thing. Hold their hand, right? Rub on their back a little bit. Why are you smiling? Yeah, right? (laughs) Dude, take it easy, buddy. You will risk a lot because that reward is so great. Do you not think that having eternal life is that great? That you won't risk anything? Some of you, you know, it might have been risky even to come here. One of your friends might, oh, they went out there to that pole building church, right? We have been called all kinds of names. People have told me that they heard I'd been in prison, and I haven't been in prison. This is not a cult. Now, somebody watching online, you're probably calling us a cult already. I am just trying to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Same, easy, simple. I just said it. And, of course, the risk isn't very much here, right? You've all come in here for this. You've asked for this. So the risk to me right now is very slim because you've come in here. This is a church. You've come in here. You just assume we're going to talk about Jesus, right? I I would hope every church in the country would or the world. There's no risk in this for me. It's out there. What did it take for you to come here? Somebody invited you? You saw something? You heard something? I heard somebody say the other day that um, somebody had come to church and they said that they had heard so much about church. Well, now, was this a good thing or a bad thing? They came maybe just to see the weirdo, or maybe they heard good. But the risk to tell somebody about church, about your Savior, what is the problem? What are you afraid of? You're going to lose a friend? I got to tell you, those aren't very good friends. You're actually loving them so much that you would tell them And they don't get it, but they might. And this is what I've been talking about, brushing the dust off your feet and moving on. You're not going to lose a friend unless you sit there and beat them over the head with the Bible. You can treat them very good, even if they reject you. But is that not your fear? Is that what the problem is? They're going to reject me. They're going to think I'm I'm weird. Think about why you won't tell somebody about Jesus. Even the littlest thing. I mean the littlest thing. Even just to say, I had a great time at church today. The music was really good at church today. We always said that you might come back for the music if you hated the message, but if you hated the music, maybe you come back for the message. One of us has got to do something decent, or you wouldn't come here. What's your problem? It's easy with us, right? We can talk about God and church and stuff all day long because I know you, you know me, you know where we're at. 
But what about that waiter or waitress? What about your barber or hairstylist? I, of course, I don't know what you call those people. So, What about where you work? Now, a lot of people can't say this stuff in work. I get that. I'm not asking you to lose your job over this. But there are a lot of people that need the good news of Jesus Christ, and we won't tell them. You think that you're so macho that this is going to make you weak? When in reality, you'll see someday, this is what makes you a man. This is what love is, that you're trying to help somebody. Where they're going to go is not good. And you know the answer. You have the antidote. If they had cancer and you had the antidote, you say, "Uh, no, I don't want to tell them I think I'm a weirdo. Really? What's the problem? What's your problem? Why won't you tell anybody? Why won't you talk about it? And if you do, how safe is it for you? I know a lot of people that will tell people about Jesus uh, with other Jesus freaks. That's easy. No risk whatsoever. And there's no reward. They're already saved. No reward whatsoever. But there's something that stops us. And we'd love to blame the enemy, right? We'd love to say that this is his plan. When really deep down inside it might be, well, they might think less of me. Uh, One of the biggest ones was uh, reputation. I've, I've been known for this and this and this and this. Now, Kelly and I were bikers, and wherever Greg is, you guys will all understand this. you got to keep up this uh, image, right? you got to have the leathers and all the stuff, and all oh, we had the whole get-up and the chaps and the boots and everything, and, and we were doing this. But we were also doing ministry. You can reach somebody, even if you want to keep this reputation that you have. If I shaved this beard off, I would be nobody. (laughs) You guys are agreeing, right? This is like my signature, (laughs) right? The kids play with it. Angeline braided it the other day. And if I shaved this thing off, you wouldn't even recognize me. And I don't even know what's under here. I could probably find the keys to my old car or something. (laughs) Right? This is me. This is me. And I'm not going to shave this off. Unless that's what it takes for you to know Jesus. And then it would be a little iffy. How about we just take a little off the bottom and you start coming to church. Now take a little bit more each time you come and then when you receive Jesus, we'll let it grow again. What's the problem? What what is stopping you from telling people about having eternal life? About giving somebody hope? about showing love to somebody. I got a whole bunch of Bible verses here, but sometimes we just need to talk. Do you really want to help somebody? And what are you willing to risk for it? Nothing? Then they could be the one on the outside of the gate saying, why didn't you tell me? Did you hate me that bad? Do you have to hate somebody that bad to not tell them? Maybe you're still kind of on the fence, right? I'm, I'm going because my spouse made me or mother drugged me. I, I always got drugged by the ear to church, right? And when I got old enough, I, I bailed because um, and I did, just didn't get it all until I got old enough to actually do some research and dug in for myself. 
and came to a conclusion. What's stopping you? Do you need a little more education? Do we need to talk about that kind of stuff more? Have you never experienced the blessing or the favor of the Lord? Do we need to talk about that? I've said a hundred times, don't ask for that event that turns people from one to another because you're going to have to go through something pretty bad. You don't, don't want that. The stakes are very, very high. And what are you willing to risk? Matthew eleven four through 6. Jesus is going to give them evidence so that they can go back and tell John the Baptist. Jesus answered them and said, Go and tell John the things which you have seen and hear, heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel reached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended by me. Are you offended by him? Do you need more evidence that there is a good, loving God that wants to bless you? Find the favor of the Lord? Are you offended by that? I just want you to reach clear down deep in your heart why you won't do this, why you won't tell somebody, why you won't go all in. I mean, I love playing poker. Man, when I got a hand and I know it's good, I am all in. And I know some of you are the same way, so don't look at me like I'm a nut. Right? You got a good hand. You know it's going to win. You go all in. But you won't do that for a friend. You won't do that for a loved one. You won't do that for your children. Children, won't you do that for your parents? You don't love them enough. Or you're still on the fence on whether this Christianity thing is really right or not. And I'm certainly not going to listen to the fat bearded man in the pole shed. I just went there because my wife or my husband wanted me to. Sometimes it takes God to do it. We only plant seeds, right? We throw down seeds and they fall on different soils. But sometimes God has got to step in and do it. I'm just, I just want to read this to you. There's nothing to put up on the screen or anything. Matthew 16, 13 through 18. When Jesus came to the region of Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said, what about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered him, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replies, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. You see, they were, they were going against the odds. Jesus had gotten these 12 apostles, and he's going to send them out. And they're going to go tell people the good news of Jesus Christ, that they can have eternal life through this man that was walking on the earth and then ascended to heaven. And they would have heard a lot of bad things, right? Just like we do out there. This is the world, all these bad things. And you're on the fence. 
not knowing whether it's good or bad or whether it's real or, or whatever, they would have been hearing those same things. And other people were saying bad things about Jesus. But they answered him and said, you are the Messiah. And he said, you are blessed because my Father in heaven gave that to you. Sometimes we don't even have to speak. What about our actions? Okay, now the risk is getting pretty low, right? Now there's not much risk anymore. Now we're not even going to speak this. But last week, I asked you to write a list of what you might call God or what what Jesus was to you or some sort of uh, way that you could describe your Savior to somebody. I wanted you to write it on a piece of paper. And then I wanted you to read it every day. This week, I want you to do something even different. I want you to take that piece of paper and just lay it somewhere. You won't even have to speak. The best witnessing to anybody is not to tell them you need Jesus or you're doing it wrong and you're bashing them with the Bible. This is not effective at all. The bullhorn guy doesn't save many people. But the one that acts right gets asked, there's something different about you. Why, why are you so happy all the time? Why are you so joyful? You know, you handle bad things really well. And you have the opportunity to speak to them. If you took a piece of paper and went to a restaurant and you were very joyful sitting at the table and you left the restaurant and there's a piece of paper on the table that says, my Savior, my Lord, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, Mighty Counselor, the Great I Am, the Healer, the Savior, the Redeemer, this list. You think that waitress isn't going to pick it up and say, what's this? You just witnessed to them. You just told that person how great your Lord is. Not that they needed him, but how great your Lord was to you. They saw you sitting there. They saw you behaving in a well manner, I hope. And you leave a piece of paper, especially a handwritten one. Some of you sent yours to me. I love this. They were handwritten. I'm a computer guy, right? I typed mine out. They were handwritten. And some were so heartfelt. It just started to make me weep. What if you laid that piece of paper someplace where you knew somebody was going to pick it up? Now, you didn't have to say a word. But when they pick it up and they start reading it, and they say, wow, that's God talking to them. You didn't say a word. This is what this means. The apostles weren't calling him the Christ because everybody else was calling him the Christ. The apostle Peter was calling him the Christ because God had revealed to them. This is what a piece of paper can do. Handwritten, left somewhere. You pick it up, they start reading it, and all of a sudden they get this conviction. You all know what a conviction is, right? Will the worship team get ready? Abby's telling me to land the plane. What are the odds that you'd come here and listen to a guy and doing this, right? Not good. Not good. I know. Might lose a few of you. Why won't you tell somebody about your Lord, your Savior, what he's done for you, the blessings and the favor that he's poured out on you? Maybe some of you are just in this thing 
just getting started and you really haven't got all the evidence and stuff, but for some reason you're here, some reason you're listening to this, some reason you're thinking about it right now, what are the odds of that? What are the odds of you coming here this morning to this place? By statistics, there should be 21 people here. And by statistics, those people would all be saved, deep-rooted Christians that sit in the same seat every time they come here. By statistics, they can't get their kids to come. They can't leave because their father or their mother or something started it, and if they leave, they'll have to take their organ with them. I'm not trying to bash anybody. I'm trying to talk like something that you would understand, because this happens. And all I want to do is seek the lost. I'll take a whole room full of them. That's what I want. What are the odds that this church survives without passing the baskets? You ever thought about it? You know how many times I've been laughed at? Dude, you forgot to pass the baskets. We don't pass the baskets. What are the odds of that? It's because my Lord has been good to me and a few people that support us. That's what I should have on a piece of paper laid somewhere so that somebody else can pick it up. How risky is it to actually worship in church? This is risky, right? I know what you're all thinking right now. Oh, he's going to ask us to do something funny. No, I'm not. I'm going to ask you to open up your heart. And once you receive this Holy Spirit in your heart, and it comes over you, that you need to save some people or help spread some seed, you'll worship in a different way. You'll get it. It'll mean more to you than ever. And the risk is high, right? You see people stand up in church and they they put their arms up and you're like, what? What am I looking at you for? I think you were one of the people I saw do that one. And I thought, whoa. Then pretty soon I found myself tapping my foot. I bumped my wife and said, look, I'm into this now, right? I used to be a headbanger, now I'm tapping my foot. Then one day, I put my arms out and shut my eyes and started to worship. And what came over me was amazing. And then pretty soon, I raised him higher. I didn't care what anybody thought that was next to me. But the risk was so great. What if they thought, oh, he's one of them. He's going to pull the snakes out. Right? Well, we don't do this in church. Have you ever tried it? I'm not trying to get you all to raise your hands in church. I'm trying to get you to open your heart and truly worship. Let it sink in. Let your heart just be torn apart by the sin that you have done and you don't want to do it anymore. Tell Jesus, I will stand for you. I will take a stand. And there's going to be a risk, but that reward is going to be so, so great. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue 
will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, you're all going to bow to Jesus Christ. If you would do it today, it might save you a lot of heartache later. Do it now. What are the odds that someone would let themselves be nailed to a cross for your sin so that you didn't have to? What are the odds that somebody said, hey, you, you go free, you go, you can have eternal life, I'll take your punishment. Let them nail me to the cross, and you go. What do you think the odds of that are? That's how much he loves you. Would you do that for anybody? Maybe a kid, uh, maybe a little puppy. I mean, I love my dog. Nah, I wouldn't for her either. He risked everything, life, for you. He risked his life being whooped, scourged. If you know what that means, it's bad. Spit on. His beard pulled out so that you could have eternal life, so that you just might accept him. That's the risk. He died for you, went through all that for you with the hope that you would follow him. Thank you for being here today. I think he's pleased. But what a risk. And you won't even speak his name. Too much risk? Not enough reward? Don't expect all the blessings and the favor of God if you won't at least acknowledge him. Having eternal life is simple. You believe. It's all it says. Confess with your mouth. Everybody say, Jesus is Lord. Now, I'm sure there's a few of you in here that would not do that because the risk was too great. The person next to you would hear you say that. Should we try it again? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. All you have to do now is believe in your heart that Jesus raised from the dead. His Father raised him from the dead, and he now sits at the right hand of Lord God the Father. That is simple stuff, right? You all believe? Say yes. All right, there, we got that done. Not, not very risky, was it? Everybody was so loud, you know, if we get louder, nobody will hear the person that won't say it. Then they won't feel so bad, right? All I'm trying to do is plant some seeds. But when you want this favor and the blessing of God to flow, this is what people really want from God. Give it to me. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. I want you to get it and not be ashamed not be fearful but take the risk quite a few of you in here know what it's like to actually lead somebody to Christ that is a kind of reward you'll never find any place else leave this place take a little risk because he did for you let's pray Father God we thank you so much We thank you for sending your son to this earth to be our substitute on the cross that we deserved. I can't imagine that kind of risk that some, a lot, would even hate you. God, I thank you that you waited for me, you made it clear to me, you gave me evidence, and I want each and every person to feel that same way. I stand here today 
I believe that Jesus is exactly who he said he was. I believe he raised from the dead, and I believe he now sits at the right hand of his Father, and from this day forward, I'll do the best that I can to follow him and in his obedience. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.